Back to Basics, a complete Back to Basic program recorded live during the Back to Basic study by Tim B. My name is Tim and I am an alcoholic. So we are on uh, step seven, week seven, step seven. Page 76 in the big book. We are going to be reading tonight from the 12 and 12. And we're going to be reading from page 70, step seven, through 76. 70 to 76 in the 12 and 12. And one paragraph in the big book. Um, so we can spend a little more time, um, with some discussion. All right. Ready? Second paragraph, step seven. When ready, we say something like this. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. So this is the seventh step prayer. Once you've done all the steps prior to that and are ready for the humility required to ask your higher power to take away your shortcomings, we would then say that prayer and then we completed step seven and then we move on to eight, like immediately, right? So before we take step seven as a group, I'm gonna be referring to the 12 and 12, page 70. So step seven, simply put, you can read it right on the shade there. Also in the big book, where are the steps? Page 59. So, step seven. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. And him is capitalized, meaning your higher power, meaning God. Since this step so specifically concerns itself with humility, we should pause here to consider what humility is and what the practice of it can mean to us. Indeed, the attainment of greater humility is the foundation principle of each of the of AA's 12 steps. For without some degree of humility, no alcoholic can stay sober at can stay sober at all. Nearly all AA's have found too that unless they develop much more of this precious quality, then may be required just to stay just for sobriety they still haven't much a chance of becoming truly happy. Without it, they cannot live to much useful purpose or in adversity, be able to summon the faith that can meet any emergency. So what are we highlighting there? We're highlighting the fact that our psychic change shifts us from a selfish, self-centered life into a useful purpose to others. That is the purpose of the work we're doing. Humility as a word and as an ideal has a very bad time of it in our world. Not only is the idea misunderstood, the word itself is often intensely disliked. Many people haven't even a nodding acquaintance with humility as a way of life. Much of the everyday talk we hear and a great deal of what we read highlights man's pride in his own achievements. This is self-will. 
This is this is self determination. I'm gonna I'm gonna get married to who I want to get. I'm gonna get the job. I'm gonna I'm gonna do everything. What the point is is that that's a mistake. You are gonna be left hanging at some point. With great intelligence, men of science have been forcing nature to disclose her secrets. The immense resources now being harnessed promise such a quantity of material blessings that many have come to believe that a man-made millennium lies just ahead. Poverty will disappear and there will be such abundance that everybody can have all the security and personal satisfactions he desires. The theory seems to be that once everybody's pr primary instincts are satisfied, there won't be much left to quarrel about. The world will then turn happy and be free to concentrate on culture and character. Solely by their own intelligence and labor, men will have shaped their own destiny. Certainly no alcoholic and surely no member of AA wants to depreciate material achievement, nor do we enter into debate with the many who still so passionately cling to the belief that to satisfy our basic natural desires is the main object of life. But we are sure that no class of people in the world ever made a worse mess of trying to live by this formula than alcoholics. For thousands of years, we have been demanding more than our share of security, prestige, and romance. When we seemed to be succeeding, we drank to dream still greater dreams. When we were frustrated, even in part, we drank for oblivion. Never was there enough of what we thought we wanted. In all these strivings, so many of them well-intentioned, our crippling handicap had been our lack of humility. We had lacked the perspective to see that character building and spiritual values had to come first and that material satisfactions were not the purpose of living. Quite characteristically, we had gone all out in confusing the ends with the means. Instead of regarding the satisfaction of our material desires as the means by which we could live and function as human beings, we had taken these satisfactions to be the final end and aim of life. True, most of us thought good character was desirable, but obviously good character was something one needed to get on with the business of being self-satisfied. With a proper display of honesty and morality, we'd stand a better chance of getting what we really wanted. See the sinister undertone of that? That I'm only going to do it because of what I'm gonna get. So it's saying this is bad, right? But whenever we had to choose between character and comfort, the character building was lost in the dust of our chase after what we thought was happiness. Seldom did we look at character building as something desirable in itself, something we would like to strive for whether our instinctual needs were met or not. We never thought of making honesty, tolerance, and true love of man and God the daily basis of living. See, that's the psychic change. That's the switch that we live under a, a, a humbleness that would include honesty, tolerance, and true love of man and God. This lack of anchorage to any permanent values 
This blindness to the true purpose of our lives produced another bad result. For just so long as we were convinced that we could live exclusively by our own individual strength and intelligence, for just that long was a working faith in a higher power impossible. So to be completely dependent upon ourselves, it doesn't allow us to have a conscious contact with the higher power or to depend upon the higher power enough. Like I'm going to give you 42%. Like, I'm not giving you everything. I'm holding back because self-determination is going to get me there. And even the reason that I'm doing it initially is so that I can still get. It's a sinister premise. A psychic change would be a complete acceptance of the giving of one's will to the higher power and to be of service to everyone else. That is the psychic change. This was true even when we believed that God existed. We could actually have earnest religious beliefs, which remained barren because we were still trying to play God ourselves. As long as we placed self-reliance first, a genuine reliance upon a higher power was out of the question. That basic ingredients of all humility a desire to seek and do God's will was missing. For us, the the process of gaining a new perspective was unbelievably painful. It was only by repeated humiliations that we were forced to learn something about humility. It was only at the end of a long road marked by successive defeats and humiliations and a final crushing of our self-sufficiency that we began to feel humility as something more than a condition of groveling despair. So what was that describing? Our bottom. So our bottom is what opened up the channel to accept the fact that we needed to be humble to accept the psychic change, to do the work to get the psychic change. Every newcomer in Alcoholics Anonymous is told and soon realizes for himself that his humble admission of powerlessness over alcohol is his first step toward liberation from its paral- liberation from its paralyzing grip. So it is that we first see humility as a necessity, but this is the barest beginning. To get completely away from our aversion to the idea of being humble, to gain a vision of humility as the avenue to true freedom of the human spirit, to be willing to work for humility as something to be desired for itself takes most of us a long, long time. A whole lifetime geared to self-centeredness cannot be set in reverse all at once. Rebellion dogs are every step at first. When we have finally admitted without reservation that we were powerless over alcohol, we were apt to breathe a great sigh of relief saying, well, thank God that's over. I'll never have to go through that again. Then we learn often to our consternation that this is only the first milestone on the new road we are walking. Still goaded by sheer necessity, we reluctantly come to grips with those serious character flaws that made problem drinkers of us in the first place. 
flaws which must be dealt with to prevent a retreat into alcoholism once again. We will want to be rid of some of these defects, but in some instances, this will appear to be an impossible job from which we recoil. And we cling with a passionate persistence to others, which are just as disturbing to our equilibrium, because we still enjoy them too much. How can we possibly summon the resolution and the willingness to get rid of such overwhelming compulsions and desires. But again, we are driven on by the inescapable conclusion from the inescapable conclusion which we draw from AA experience that we surely must try with a will or else fall by the wayside. So the the answer is not necessarily mastering all of your shortcomings immediately. It's to try. At this stage of our progress, we are under heavy pressure and coercion to do the right thing. We are obliged to choose between the pains of trying and the certain penalties of failing to do so. These initial steps along the road are taken grudgingly, yet we do take them. We may still have no very high opinion of humility as a desirable personal virtue, but we do recognize it as a necessity, necessary aid to our survival. But when we have taken a square look at some of these defects, have discussed them with another, and have become willing to have them removed. So basically, what are we talking about here? Four five, steps, four, five, six, and seven. That one, that, that, uh, that one sentence, each comma is another, another step. Our thinking about humility commences to have a wider meaning. By this time, in all probability, we have gained some measure of release from our more devastating ha handicaps. So we start out with the ones that are, th that are going to cause us the most problems, right? The biggest ones we need to deal with immediately and first. We enjoy moments in which there is something like real peace of mind to those of us who have hitherto known only excitement, depression, or anxiety. In other words, to all of us, this newfound peace is a priceless gift. So here's the priceless gift. To work at your glaring uh, character defects immediately and get a handle on them. And once we do, we're going to start peeling the onion back and we're going to see how many we still have. And they're going to be harder to deal with because they're not as glaring. And we're not forced. So pain is the touchstone of growth. So if, if it's not causing a lot of pain, it's harder. Something new indeed has been added. Where humility had formerly stood for a forced feeding on humble pie, it now begins to mean the nourishing ingredient which can give us serenity. This improved perception of humility starts another revolutionary change in our outlook. Our eyes begin to open to the immense values which come straight out of painful ego puncturing. The whole purpose of the steps, another way to look at it is, is to smash ego, crush ego. This here, ego puncturing, deflation. 
Until now, our lives have been largely devoted to running from pain and problems. We fled from them as from a plague. We never wanted to deal with the fact of suffering. Escape via the bottle was always our solution. Character building through suffering might be all right for saints, but it certainly didn't appeal to us. So it's suffering that causes us to work on it. But now watch what he does verbally. This is really slick. Then in AA, we looked and listened. Everywhere we saw failure and misery transformed by humility into priceless assets. We heard story after story of how humility had brought strength out of weakness. In every case, pain had been the price of admission into a new life. But this admission price had purchased more than we expected. It brought a measure of humility, which we soon discovered to be a healer of pain. We began to fear pain less and desire humility more than ever. During this process of learning more about humility, the most profound result of all was the change in our attitude toward God. And this was true whether we had been believers or unbelievers. We began to get over the idea that the higher power was a sort of Bush League pinch hitter to be called upon only in an emergency. The notion that we would still live our own lives God helping a little now and then began to evaporate. Many of us who had thought ourselves religious awoke to the limitations of this attitude. Refusing to place God first, we had deprived ourselves of his help. But now the words, of myself I am nothing, the Father doeth the works, began to carry bright promise and meaning. We saw we needn't always be bludgeoned and beaten into humility. See the transformation there? That once you go through your bottom and you, you, you deal with your glaring, grosser handicaps, you then realize, you then have an experience that you don't necessarily have to hit bottom on things to fix them. See the sentence? We saw we needn't always be bludgeoned and beaten into humility because that's all we're ultimately trying to do is get to get humble. So in our humility, we can get rid of character defects. So uh, I think it's Eckhart Tolle that said, um, uh, uh, you, we need pain until we realize we don't need pain. That's a paraphrase. He said it much better than that. But initially, you need the pain. But once you go through that, you need it less and less and less. Because you do it merely because of the great feeling that you receive. You're less afraid of pain and you're more likely to buy into the, 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 uh, the humble attitude, the giving of oneself, the, the, the self-will turning into God will. Sure. Aren't we, isn't it that we're, we are want to be humble because we're afraid of pain, and not you know, of what? Don't we want to be um, humble and have humility because we're afraid of the pain? I feel like yes, and, and that was the whole. We fear pain less. Yes, that, that awesome. That's the point that I'm making. Is the whole beginning of this was the reason you're doing oh, it is because you're forced into you are. You, I don't want the pain, so yeah, yeah, I'm gonna humble myself. Yeah, I'm gonna do what you say. But then you start oh, to see the benefits of that and the feeling of that. And it's priceless. It's a priceless asset. You say, 
crap, I don't need to be uh, hit with a bat now. I just want to do it. Uh, I'm on board. Uh, 75, bottom of the page. It could come quite as much from our voluntary reaching for it as it could from unremitting suffering. That, that's the line right there. You saw it, right? Now you can volunteer to do it and not be forced into it like a freight train hitching. Without a bottom, you can get it. Though. A great turning point in our lives came when we sought for humility as something we really wanted rather than something we must have. It marked the time when we, when we could commence to see the full implication of step seven. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. As we approach the actual taking of step seven, it might be well if we AAs inquire once, once more just what our deeper objectives are. Okay, so what's, what's at the bottom of this? Why are we doing this? Each of us would like to live at peace with himself and with his fellows. We would like to be assured that the grace of God can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. We have seen that character defects based upon short-sighted or unworthy desires are the obstacles that block our path toward those these objectives. We now clearly see that we have been making unreasonable demands upon ourselves, upon others, and upon God. The chief activator of our defects have been self-centered fear, primarily fear that we would lose something we already possessed or would fail to get something we demanded. Living upon a basis of unsatisfied demands we were in a const, we were in a state of continual disturbance and frustration, restless, irritable, discontented, same thing. Therefore, no peace was to be had unless we could find a means of reducing these demands. The difference between a demand and a simple request is plain to anyone. The seventh step is where we make the change in our attitude, which permits us with humility as our guide, to move out from ourselves toward others and toward God. The whole emphasis of step seven is on humility. It is really saying to us that we, ought, we now ought to be willing to try humility in seeking the removal of our other shortcomings, just as we did when we admitted that we were powerless over alcohol and came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. So it's saying, whatever issue you have, you go through the same process that you did for drug and booze. You change the word. You can, you, you can, you can work through the steps on any issue. Look at how many different fellowships are based on just changing the word in the, in the first step. It's saying this, this is what it's saying to us right here. Um, I'm not sure if I read this or not. If that if that degree of humility could enable us to find the grace by which such a deadly obsession could be banished, then there must be hope of the same result respecting any other problem we could possibly have. So it's the answer to everything. The recipe is the answer to everything. And the underlying theme tonight was humility. 
Okay, so we're going to do step seven. We'll take it as a crew. We're going to all read it together. We're back to the big book, page 76. And we are reading the seventh step prayer. All right, we're going to read it aloud. Even if you didn't do your fifth or whatever, still, the, the more times you, you do each step, even if you skip, skip something, it's cool. Ready? My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. So congratulations. You just did step seven. And I think we did a very good um, a very good study of the step. And next week, step eight.